freezes. I think back to like a what I would project. Be like a 14-year-old Brent Bloom pounding out some Santana and Rob Thomas. You know, I, I do have a memory of this song, and this will not surprise anybody. Had to do I, with a lady? No, no, actually, it, it did not. Uh, I was on a ski trip in February of 2000 to the Afton Alps up in the Minneapolis area. And I remember this, this song is on all the time, but I vividly remember not caring about the ski trip because Iowa State was playing Oklahoma State <laughs> at Hilton Coliseum. Uh, and Iowa State was on that run with Pfizer at the time. Yeah, I like mean, February. Yeah, I, I don't think blame you. had like 28. But I was, this was the day, I, I, I'm not making this up. So for Christmas that year, my parents bought me a sports gambling beeper. So there's, there, there's these beepers that the gamblers would use so they could get scores and alerts on their phone. I didn't use it for gambling. I was 14. You just wanted the scores. I wanted the scores. So I'm in the Afton Alps, and I have my sports gambling beeper that was giving me updates of the Iowa State-Oklahoma State game. Because there's no phones at this point. It was like every 10 minutes the thing would update. And I don't Iowa know State- if this is awesome or even dorkier than I suspected, but I think it's more awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> But this is really weird loser. that Santana and Rob Thomas reminded it me does. of that. Every time, I don't know why, it's it's bizarre. My mind is a strange place. Welcome it's to a the, great song, though. It's, welcome it's to the program. Santana and uh, Rob Thomas right there. I just found it weird that Santana got all the billing for that song, too. Like, I know he's playing. He's the, he's the bigger name, but it seemed like I understand that, Rob was but the like lyrics. Rob Thomas at the time for, for was bigger, like at that time. Because he was Matchbox yes, 20. Yes, Matchbox 20 was the the shizzle, <laughs> you know, as the kids would have said. Are they still around? I don't know. Eh, who cares? Uh, all right, well, we're about to kill the 90s theme. We'll go back to English here. Yeah, the season's uh, over. Yeah, pretty soon, so that may have been the last one. If you have any requests, <laughs> let us know. I have a so question. It was a good, it was a good run. Um, this is regarding to our friends from Mechdyne. If you are a uh, season ticket holder at Iowa State, then, or if you've been to the uh, Sioux Cup end zone experience, those displays, the audio equipment in the end zone, they were installed by Mechdyne. Did you know that? All that stuff in the Sioux Cup end zone club. Uh, Mechdyne does incredible audio visual work, and they can do it for your school. Like, are you a are you an administrator out there looking for some of this? You can do it for your company. Maybe you're. Um, <clears throat> Actually, I should look into this for our new one. Uh, J Corp's building a new office building where we're going to have a little space. At um, But visit MacDyne's website and career pages, and you can be uh, a part of the team that uh, builds really cool stuff like that. Again, I, I've said it before. The the coolest thing, I think, that of, of all the, the new work to right around Trice is when you pull up to a basketball game and you see the – visuals from the football complex yep it just looks awesome and you because it's dark and it really pops you can see it from hilton it's awesome and they use that constantly so you they can program it a little bit for crudes are in town for specific things so it's um and it's powerful stuff made right just across right highway 30 in marshalltown planning my uh, annual trip to marshalltown to go watch the uh big late model show up at the speedway probably swing by mechdyne that day uh anywho we will um, basically t- today's topics: Big Twelve Commissioner. 
What do we want to see going forward? Uh, Daniel Robinson, Iowa State assistant coach, gets a head coaching gig. And we're going to talk about some women's basketball projections that we think are really interesting. Those are going to be your bulk topics. You know, we will stumble onto some other things as well. Had a brutal week at the Williams house. The stomach flu made its way uh, really over the last 10 days or so. I'm finally like, I'm over it. But man, like, Thursday night and Friday morning were just a brutal struggle bus. Oh, but I'm back now. It was just, <clears throat> it didn't last long. One of those deals, but. And if there's a family that's going to get it, it's yours. <laughs> I think everybody in town has gotten it. Have you guys? I have not. So, well, I should not be. Here I texted tonight. you last week. We did last week's on Zoom and I, I was healthy. Yeah, I appreciated but I, that. I said it as like, my daughter is vomiting. Like, this just probably, I, I know I've been exposed. Just don't come over. We'll do it on Zoom. And then, like, Half of her daycare was out on like Monday, like so. Everybody's just just passing it around. Uh, but hopefully, you guys are all staying healthy out there. A newsy newsy week with Bob Bullsby. I don't want to say resigning; he's retiring. I think is the the best way. Yeah, to the guy's seventy years old. Um, seventy one. I wrote a column about this. Now, I also with that column, I do have a little bit different perspective. Not different perspective, but I've thought about it more, and I'm glad to have Bloom here too to discuss this, uh, I would encourage you to go and read my column. I, I want to make one thing clear from it that I thought about afterwards, and I was like, maybe I went a little too hard in one direction. I don't think it has to be somebody like from outside college athletics. Sure. That's not a point that I'm trying to make. Let me put this, um, and, and, and guys, don't for real, don't read anything to the political nature of which I'm going to frame this argument. But we all know, like, politicians and you lean left, you lean right. Some are extreme left, some are extreme right, mm-hmm. whatever. I, I think not, not in a liberal way, but in a like progressive pushing the button way, the big 12 needs to find it's Andrew Yang. Uh, somebody who can think completely differently. Let's in, in, in whatever that means. I think Bob Bullsby was brought in at a time where they needed John Kasich. They needed Mitt Romney. Right, a guy who was very steady. He's not going to, you well, know, he was well known. And yeah, established. very well established. He's not going to upset. John McCain would be another name I would throw out there. Right, very down the middle, solid. You can't argue with this guy. He's seen everything. He was the establishment, and that's what the Big Twelve needed. And I think the Big Twelve has a different set of needs going forward. So if that's if that's Oliver Luck. If that, it, I don't think they just need to go get a television executive. That's uh, the the Pac-12 has done that, and it and it blew up in their face. I don't think Warren is knocking it out of the park for the Big Ten right now. Yeah, and he came from the NFL. Correct. So like, I don't know where this next person comes from, but I want it to be somebody who will challenge the what do you call old it? way of thinking? Yes, the status the, quo. The, somebody who will challenge that going forward because this is a new landscape of college athletics and you need to embrace this going forward and not fight it. Yeah, I think the risky thing here is if you go the Pac-12 route and he certainly... He was a disaster. It it blew up completely. I mean, they tried the Pac-12 network, but they never got it on DirecTV. Correct. And now the Pac-12 is arguably the worst of the Power 5 conferences. Now, some of that is geographical and the football has not been as good in the Pac-12 from Larry Scott on, but he swung for the fences, right? I mean, right yeah. off the bat and it didn't end up working and he got paid for it. But now they're behind the, they are way behind 
everybody else, particularly the Big Ten and SEC, when when Scott was hired, there was that legit conversation that they almost got Texas, Oklahoma State, yes. Tech, and uh, OU. Yeah. That was close. Yeah. If that happens, Larry Scott's thought of differently and, and the network's not a problem, then that didn't work. Ended up the Big 12 saving face for the time. So I think it's a really interesting time for Bullsby to retire because the TV thing is still up in the air. And so I think that's that's the big question mark, and I know you're, you're hinting towards, is who is going to be that person to hopefully embrace a new wave of thinking on the streaming front and leverage that part of it? Because I think that's the... That's the way, that's the avenue the Big 12 has to separate itself. But at the same light, I had some conversations this week with some folks who just, they don't like the streaming because they still don't understand it. Now, this is the older generation. So I think you ha- you still have to play that game of you still need to be status quo to an extent or else you don't want to just risk complete irrelevancy just on the streamers. So it'll be, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a big hire Normally, normally, in these positions, you have some off-the-beaten-path ones like we've talked about, but a lot of times it's either a president from an institution or an athletic director from an institution. I would guess that's probably the route the Big 12 goes, but then if you do that, do you grab, let's say, one guy that's been floated, the athletic director for Alabama? Like, Do you try and play? If we can't beat him, join him. Yeah, do you try and play the game and, and grab somebody from... That would be a decent... Option in my opinion, because then you're you're making yourself relevant in a way by grabbing you know some of the so-called you know super conferences. All I know is I want a dog. Like I I think Bullsby, the one critique I would have of the man, and I don't know if this is even fair because of the position he was in. Sure, and he's he, he's the voice of the yeah, presidents mostly. Yes, and athletic director. But I I feel like he was always a step behind. Uh huh. And I want aggressive and and that's my thing like even beyond the the streaming thing whatever like i need i want somebody who's going to be aggressive with name image and likeness yep aggressive with all of these challenges going forward even the playoff the big 12 needs to be the progressive league that will try new things because you can't go status quo you can't. You don't have the television eyeballs. None of that's ever going to be there. That. So you have to find a way to differentiate yourself. Yep. How do you differentiate yourself without getting buried, though? Correct. And so that's the yeah, thing. absolutely. Oh, I, I mean, that's it makes it tough. Um, so why would the uh, somebody might be asking why would the Alabama AD want to take a commissioner job? Bob Bowles, we made four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Alabama AD, I'm guessing, is making right around one, yeah. maybe one and a half at the high end for ADs. So. Basically, all those positions, the the new ACC commissioner was the former Northwestern athletic director. That's There's only five of them. That's a considered the highest level in college athletics, and they're paid accordingly. So that's why all of these 80s, presidents, et cetera, may be interested in a job like this. So I've also heard the Baylor ADs well thought of. He, I like he him. used to work at Missouri. The uh, Texas Tech AD, Kirby Hocutt, was the college football playoff representative at one point he's thought of highly either um, one of those guys i'll say this i i like the ask this is where all of our luck comes into i do like i like it being a guy from a school not named texas or oklahoma from the big 12 yeah because they've got they understand the challenges um so that like whatever like but i i also just like i just don't want an establishment guy yeah that's that's my and if it's if it's mac Rhodes or whatever 
That, that's yeah, his name. Ed, like Baylor. Maybe he is a visionary type. Like I don't know. I think Oliver Luck is. I mean, this is a guy. I went through his resume and was reading through it the other night. He has cut against the grain his entire career. If you look at the jobs he has taken, like wanting to be the commissioner of the XFL, like my God, right? Like that, you're going up against. Very true. <laughs> right. So like and that, that guy. Up, he ended up getting pushed out by Vince, right? Well, or yeah. The, thing well, went under, the pandemic. Yeah, the, okay, that's right. COVID hit and then that's the whole right. thing blew up. But point being like, maybe that's a guy like he, all I want somebody who's going to think differently. Who's not going to go to the fancy hotel and just agree with the big dogs in the room. That's all I'm saying. And, and and if that is Kirby Hocutt, then then so be it. If he can do that, and if he can if he can establish himself and, and be that guy, then I'm fine with it. But like I think for too long, and again, I don't really blame Bob Bullsby for this because I think he was brought in to steady the water. He was not brought in to be Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders, yeah. right? He was supposed to be middle of the road. Um and he did but, that. But I think, yeah. He saved, and, I mean, and he the Big did. 12 was in a really rough spot when he took over. And he steadied the water, and he got him paid, and he did a lot of really good things. I'm just saying now, the Big 12 needs a Ron DeSantis or a Andrew Yang. Whichever way you want to <laughs> look at it. Whichever way you want to look at it. But, like, they, they've got to stir the drink a little bit. It's it's interesting, and and for those wondering, well, you've mentioned some other ads. Would Jamie Pollard be interested? I I, I don't know. I, I don't mean, think I, I don't so, think but I, I don't be, know for a fact. But it it would be considered a step up in that world from a salary and a prestige standpoint. You know, just just it's is that something Jamie wants to take on? Who knows? Um, the other two names that are Jamie's still battling health problems. I mean, I I don't know, but I, I have not asked the man, but I. You have, I, I have not seen his name floated by the people that would, would are floating and, these things. And media tips, generally those names don't get floated accidentally. Right. Two other two other names that have been put out there uh, are the, the Washington State President, uh, Kirk Schultz, who yep. used to be the president at K-State. K-State. Yep. And then the Baylor uh, president, I think it, her name is Linda Livingstone, um, has done a really good job, honestly, if we're being candid, of cleaning up yeah. a mess. I mean, I think Baylor... Y'all can laugh at it all you want, but where with where they were and where they are, and generally like being the, you know, the ugly stepchild in the family of Texas, like what they've done is quite incredible. And I like those, I like I like that resume going into something like this. They would be they're a proverbial underdog in that context. Yeah. Now, I mean, they still have a lot of benefits. <laughs> they, I, they do have I, some things going in their favor. All things considered, yeah, right. So it'll be, it'll be, and then the, also the the associate commissioner in the Big Twelve now, uh, Ed Stewart, I believe is his name, has also been mentioned to somebody. But that would be the ultimate status quo um, in your world. And yeah, you know, I'm sure he's a great guy. I've never met Ed. I'm sure he's a great guy. I I, I think too, and I don't I don't know enough. And this is where you know me enough, boy. I'm like, this is my favorite type of story. But when when Texas and Oklahoma left, I found it really interesting that they brought in Oliver Luck as a consultant, which means that tells me that the 10 presidents really respect this guy. And I just wonder how much he pushed everybody to expand the way that they did. And I, I don't know. Yeah. But I, it, it was interesting that he was the one guy that they brought in. And he, he's a guy who really intrigues me because he, he, he carries himself with some swagger. He's I a known entity. Yeah. He, He's, he's not, worked with television companies. He's not if he if he's in the room, he's not going to be. He's not a wet noodle, right? Right. 
And neither was Bob, but Bob was very, he's the establishment. He, he's the guy who built the college athletics model. Um, and, and he hates seeing it change and I get it, but it's changing. Yep. That's my thing. I, it's, it's, I wish that it could, I wish that we all could wave a wand and it could go back to 1995 and we could mm-hmm. be in the big eight. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. I'm for that. But it's never going to happen. Happening. I, the question is, is Oliver Luck even interested in this? I, and that, who knows? I would say, why wouldn't he be? But yeah, I don't know what else would be on. His, What's the his biggest radar. is under Bullsby's reign is the biggest mistake not taking the Louisville. Was that him? I mean, I, 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 I need to go. I, I think it was the lost odds, actually. Well, because that would have been that's because uh, our who's the old uh, BB? BB saved it originally, right? Yeah, because so, he cut that deal with Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so <clears throat> what was BB's first name? Dan. 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 Not so, Don. Not Don. Not the <laughs> not Buffalo Don. Bills. Right. I always want to keep it. Hey, special teamer. Wide receiver. Um, so BB saved it. I don't know when the 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 West Virginia and TCU over Louisville thing happened. Was that BB or Bulls? No, nah, you know. Now that I'm thinking about, or was it, it Ninus? I think it was Chuck Ninus. The Lost Dodds made that decision. Probably was. Yeah. No, I've read that now. That so, wasn't. The commissioner. So the, the the main things Bowlesby would have done, and I think a couple of them are, are were great. Uh, number one was that partnership with the Sugar Bowl and the SEC yep. and the Big 12 SEC Basketball Challenge. So essentially that netted the Big 12 X amount of dollars per year because they participated automatically in the Sugar Bowl. He also added back the Big 12 Championship game, which was a huge net benefit from a revenue standpoint. And then probably thirdly was the decision not to expand. Was it his decision to not do the championship game? Because that was a disaster. No, that got that got thrown out. Was that him. when they went to 10 games, 10 teams? Because they did the whole one true champion thing, right? Yeah. So that would have been. I think that would have been the previous regime. Yeah. Okay. Because that was, a, I mean, that was a money loser to not have a championship game. Although there was the rule. So here's what happened. Now it's, it's coming back to me. When you went to 10. You couldn't have one because you I needed remember. divisions. Yep. And then the NCAA passed that provision that if you get, you can still petition for one, then the Big 12 did, and on and on and on. So, again, a lot of this, a lot of this happened together in, like, that 10, 11, 12 time frame. But what Bullsby was responsible for, and I ultimately think it was the right move, is in 2016, I want to say, uh, the Big 12 had the chance to expand from 10 to 12 to maybe even 14 and decided to stay put. Um and ultimately, then you, you split the pie up 10 ways instead of 12 or 14. And I think it helped in some context. The question then is, if, if the Big 12 is at 12 or 14, does, do Texas and Oklahoma look to leave? I still think they do. Because, because I, don't, I don't know if that really changes the dynamic of the Big 12 power structure that much if you were to add a Cincinnati, a Houston, and you're, whoever back then. You're, you're probably right. But I can still – I'll go to my grave – saying that they're going to regret it. Yeah, I, I I just I think Texas and Oklahoma or Texas first was so hungry for success that they blamed the Big 12 for their failures ultimately. And having two or four extra teams wouldn't have mattered because they still would have underachieved. And I would ask yourself this, would any not any, but those Oklahoma teams that went to the playoff the last 10 years would they have gotten to the playoff, a four-team playoff, had they played in the SEC? I would say no. Probably not. Right? Like, in, 
Like, and if, if they're cool with being eight and four, like, then, oh, but, and their fans can go, oh, we're making an extra 15 million. Like, okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. I just, I don't think UCC, they will be. I, I, I don't think they will be. I think we'll have think pieces 20 years from now oh, it's, wondering about, did Texas's ego destroy OU athletics? There's going to be a hell of a reckoning. It It's some, and, and this is why I blew them. Like, I'm just, I know I'm a broken record. They've got to do something. They've got to choose a man or a woman who sees the world differently mm-hmm. and, and who can think past the establishment. That's all it is. And I'm not, again, like this is not an attack on current figures in college athletics. It's just the, the problem with it is you've got a lot of guys and gals who have served for a really long time in a certain era and the, and it's passed them by. Yeah. And some of them can adapt and some of them are adapting quite Very well. well. And some guys and gals just they want it, the they want it, and they want to fight for what once was, and then just it's not happening. It's a big hire. Like we saw the thing this week about the, uh, but Iowa State is giving money to the players or the student athletes who have good grades and stuff like right, like that's adapting. Like you've got to get creative. How do you do it? Like I, I threw this out idea out there um, months ago to our premium subscribers. Go to Amazon. And say, listen, we will wire all of our campuses on these 14 campuses or 12 campuses, whatever it's going to be. Yep. And we will use the Amazon cloud campus wide, but you need to pay us 60, 60 million a year. Yep. That's a partnership for, for Amazon. That's nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they get right. And you can still have T1 on ABC. I, I don't care. But you, you've, we will house all of our team stores. We'll pull it off Fanatics, and we're putting it on Amazon only. You've got to think outside the box. Because you're if you're just playing the same game that the Big Ten and the SEC are playing, yeah, you are going win. to lose. You're going to lose it. You game. are going to lose. There you go. And so the, There's but, my rant. So my, my conservative self says, well, did you just— <laughs> This is this is great, because we think about it totally differently. But you don't want to— But you're, like, still, you're still the fourth most relevant conference, and if you go radical, do you become the Mountain West— no, not you're with these like, programs. Be, like I, you, the Mountain West has Utah State, and like no, this isn't that. It's totally different. Say like you, you, you're still pretty. You, you Kansas just won a, a national championship. Baylor won a national championship. Texas Tech played in the final. Like you're not that far off. Now, if the thing is, we just need to make more money. Then yeah, maybe you, maybe you try and well, and I'm I'm of the opinion the you don't have to. Like, let's say that. In a new world, uh, these schools are getting sixty million a year. The Big Twelve's never going to get close to that. You don't have to match them dollar for dollar, right? Because you never have, never have. You just have to be more creative. You have to, and, and that's like what Pollard's doing with the the Pollard Light District, right? Like you're trying to find new sources of revenue. Yeah. The league needs to do. Well, and arguably, the, even if it's something as simple as Big Twelve now is is creative, but you just need something way. More outside the box. I, I, I agree with you. I'm just challenging you on, no, on I, why the the old way isn't necessarily a bad thing because it, it, it created the Big 12, which aren't in big population areas, correct. into the third or fourth best conference there is. I still think, um, again, like when you – this is how I would combat you. When, when you compare – because my point is you can't try and go toe-for-toe toe with the Big 10 and the SEC because you're not equal, right? And, and that's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> To say you could fall to the Mountain West, no, like it's dramatic. such a. It's a. But yeah. it, my point is, this league isn't. It's not shit. 
it's a good league. It's a really strong league, and I think it could be one of the most fun leagues in the country going forward. But you got to have a visionary who will. And I'm not like just talking about streaming. Like that is an element to this, but it, it also could be like how many times under Bullsby, and again they were they were trying to do good things here. And they and they were good things. Did they be like, oh, well, we're going to have a deal in Dallas, and we're going to we're going to stream it, and we're going to talk about the issues going forward? They had a, um, uh, an initiative or mm-hmm. whatever. How many of these did we have? And like, they don't do anything. Like, we need it's action really now, change. right? You need strong arm some people the best that you can. And I know you don't have a ton of leverage, but you need a guy in the room not to make enemies, but to challenge. The establishment. That's all I'm saying. Yep, I, I get it. So b- big decisions, that big hire, because you've got three big things on the horizon. Uh, number one's the TV contract situation. Number two is the uh, playoff situation. You got to get the Big Twelve seat at the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's that's, critical. That's number one. That's the, I mean, arguably number one. Oh, I think that's more than the TV TV. deal. And then third, which is lesser so, but it's going to play into both, is the division situation. And when do you let Texas and Oklahoma out? How do you, yeah, that too. But I mean, even do you you do everybody on the same? Do you have to split up in conferences? How do you split up in conferences? Do you want to get creative? Here's a creative thing you could do, Chris, and have a rolling division, depending on how you finish the year prior. Relegation, yeah, I mean, almost like a, a little bit of a oh. relegation. Situation. Well, now you're speaking my no, language. Like, but you, Thank you, you. That's you, phenomenal. If you want to love it, if you want to get these are the, the this is a big time. So it's like I'm surprised Bulls be left now, but it's a great time as long as you get somebody quickly and you don't get left in the dust here by everybody else. I, I hope lo- somebody's I love repre- that idea. I hope somebody's representing the Big Twelve in the TV negotiations because those are ongoing. Clearly, yeah, I I love that idea of the rolling divisions. I mean, stuff like that. Like just make it. Be the most fun league you can be, you know, and I think everything will take care. This is going to be the best basketball league. Not that that means a ton, yep. but it <clears throat> it's a product, right? It's a strong product. Um, the The next couple of months should be really interesting. Bloom and I love these topics. Yes. We'll, we'll be kicking it's them not around. not over yet. We'll be all over it here on Cyclone Fanatic. Hey, coming up after today's podcast, remember Dr. Kim? He joined me last year. Dr. Kim used to be a sports medicine guy, Bloom, for, okay. for Duke basketball. Knows Coach K really wow. well. Yeah, he joined me. I interviewed him earlier this week. He's a bone and joint specialist with the Iowa Clinic. Outstanding. Chatted with him just a little bit. That's coming up at the end. And yeah, like you got any problems, you can go to Coach K's doctor. <laughs> <clears throat> coming up, um, that's later on in today's show. And I apologize. I have no voice. Just been a disaster. I, it's got to get better out. I got to open up this house, get rid of all the germs. Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying in the right direction. Oh. Uh, thanks to my friends at GravitateCoworking.com for their sponsorship. Work better, work together. Find your productive, happy place and go to GravitateCoworking.com where you can find all the great locations in downtown Des Moines, East Village Des Moines, Midtown Windsor Heights, Cedar Falls, and Jefferson. And uh, you can just click all over the place. You can get anything from your own office to just like a spot at the table to a mailbox. It's it's great. This is the future. I'm a huge fan of what they do. Uh, Jeff Wood is a good friend of ours, and he supports us really well. I also wanted to thank everybody, Bloom, who donated to the St. Baldrick's cause this year. Uh, we ended up coming short of my goal and I will fall on the sword for it because I got so sick last week that um, I didn't get to promote it nearly as much as sure. I normally did on different outlets. Still outstanding. Yeah, we still raised almost $2,500, and we're a couple of thousand short of reaching $30,000. 
um, in 10 years. But we had the event last night in town, and um, it was one of my favorite ones we've ever had, to be honest. I, the, the volunteers did a phenomenal job. We had it at a, the Bondurant Auto Body. Yeah, great people there. It was like some real small-town stuff, yep. man. We had like a live music going on, yep. and we had it, cold beer. Cakes and, from the local brewery. Yeah, it was so much fun. And uh, we heard from a young girl who's battling cancer here in high school, and her and her father gave a really inspiring message. And just uh, really appreciate everybody who continues to do that. I I was talking with Aaron Clayton, who is the um, he's the guy who has volunteered and headed this thing up for 13 years now in Bonnerant. Which the amount of time that your wife is on the committee, my yeah. wife is on the committee, the amount of time that these people put into this on an annual for nothing, for nothing. other than just yeah. helping. Um, it's really inspiring. So I want to do something really big next year. I don't know what, maybe we have our own cyclone fanatic like fundraiser where we come up with a, our own just giant ass check to write St. Baldrick's. But the, the father of this young girl, Sarah was telling us about when she goes to the doctor that literally the doctor will say, Oh yeah, we're paying for all of this from St. Baldrick's and grants 4%. And I'm going to keep hammering this to you guys. 4% of all money in cancer research goes to pediatric cancer, which is insane to me. Uh, but that's uh, the cold, hard reality of the world that we live in. So thank you to everybody. And, and next April, I'll, I'll hit you upside the head with it. I, I kind of fell off this week because I was too busy vomiting. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's always a sobering... Because you, I mean, you read, you read about it. You see your stuff you put on social media, seat up. But then when you're there, and you see the kids that are either battling cancer or those that have lost. Yeah, we've lost I, we three. Don't, but and lost in is town. the wrong word. Yeah. But you see their pictures up on the wall, and it's just like, man. Um, and then you the, see our kids running around. Yeah, and you then know? you see that's the that's your next thought is like, what would I? Do? I, I yeah. can't even imagine if I was in this position and. Um, Bondurant's not the biggest place, but f- to, to see the community come together, I think that's the beauty of, of, of small towns. And this is still a small town in Iowa and people helping people. And, uh, it was, it was a great night. And unfortunately my two-year-old had a meltdown. I had to leave early, but, uh, dude, you're, I, I was there to see you shave the, shave the head, still looking sharp. <laughs> so Clayton, Aaron Clayton said to you're me, you're going to run out of times. You can do that. About nine o'clock last night. He goes, yeah, I guess you and me are just, cause that was my 10th year. I think it was his 13th. He goes, I guess we're just going bald every April <laughs> yeah, the rest yeah, of our lives. Yeah. And I was like, I fear Aaron, like he has a really great head of hair. <laughs> He's probably 10 years older than me. And I was like, I fear that you're going to outlive this much longer than me. You're going to run out of, I, you're gonna I run out of time. I, I, I'm going to have to just grow the beard and, yeah. and be that guy yeah. at some point. But no, it was a it was a great event. Well, well done by everybody who helped out. Uh, congratulations to Daniel Robinson, the longtime Iowa State assistant coach under Greg McDermott, Steve Prome, and now TJ Otzelberger uh, for landing the Cleveland State job. And I got I, I ain't gonna lie, when he got that job, I, one I was surprised by it, but two, I didn't realize how good of a program Cleveland State is. Yeah. They've like, been rocking. They've won two regular season titles in a row in the Horizon League. He takes over a really nice program. This is fantastic. D-Rob, uh, I want to like put it into perspective for everybody. This is a guy who's given a lot to Iowa State basketball over decades. And I know, oh, he was with the McDermott era. He was with the Prom era. Like you could, no, this is a legit dude. 
look at what TJ and that staff just did in year one. One of the first things TJ did when he got the job was secure D-Rob. Mm-hmm. And he did it for a reason. And I'm really, really happy that he is finally – he was in, he was in the running for the Drake job, I want to say, back yep. when um, – DeVries. Yeah, back when DeVries got it. Man, he's been running for a lot of those jobs. He he almost got Oral Roberts. He was a finalist for that job a couple years ago. He's just been right, right there. Still the a cost. young guy. This is great. Really happy for them. Now Iowa State has an opening on the coaching spot. Yeah, I think it'll be this is an interesting decision for for TJ, but kudos to to D Rob. I mean, anybody who has run into him knows he's a first class guy. And now to work the way he did and he's recruited some really good players. So I think now the question is if you're Iowa State what direction do you go? I mean, you have a super smart guy that was a Nate Schmidt who is on staff now, who was what a he was he's above a GA. He was a director of the development. Development. That would be an option. I never could, know what any of those like jobs mean. I think I, they're titles, and then they get used like what to their strengths. But it, I'm not it, sure. Essentially, Nate couldn't recruit. Right, but he's a genius on but offense. But he was, <laughs> which he, might be hard to say with this year's team. But he's a really good offensive mind. Ask George Niang. George Niang has absolutely leaned on Nate Schmidt for a decade now. Yeah, and skill development. Correct. Yeah, he goes and works, works out guys. with Schmitty in the off season. So I think it'd be an interesting. It, that'd be an interesting road to go. To the, I, I call that the Charlie Henry move. You mm-hmm. know, when Fred promoted Charlie from a similar role to, and now Charlie's, you know, an associate head coach at Alabama. And has has done well in his career, um, or do you look outside the the quote unquote family for somebody with relationships that? But it's it's tough because you, you got to get the right person that knows Iowa State. Uh, D Rob was great in Chicago, so I think I think it's interesting. I don't I don't know exactly what direction Iowa State will go, but this will this will be one to look at. Uh, I did speak to TJ about this, and he said he's going to be slow in hiring. <clears throat> Basically. There's so much going on with transfer recruiting right now. Yeah, you got to filling get, the roster is the key. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're going to get a, a coach right now that will help you with that. No, unless it's too unless late. it's like a, I say this jokingly, but it's the truth. Unless it's like a a, a, a player's father or or, <laughs> yeah. or mother or something like yeah. a relationship of some sort. But even then, um, probably it's, not going to go that. It's route. the wild west right now as far as that goes. You just you don't know who's going to pop tomorrow. That's the problem. And another thing. From the sounds of things that <clears throat> is happening now is like AAU coaches are like just going crazy with the transfer portal right now, trying to use it for their programs and whatnot, and like guys who played for them four years ago, right? Like, and they don't always even know, but there's a lot of rumors and stuff like that. So we're it's, we're I learning it's a lot. Interesting time for probably the phone calls TJ gets when you have a Power Five uh, oh. high major assistant job available. The people that one, hey, I'm interested, but also I will, I can tie you into X, Y, or Z. I mean, you almost have to have like a a BS meter to figure out who's real here and what will actually be viable for us going forward. Because I will say the thing about the staff is they all got along really well, and there's some importance to that. The fact that they did, and they all knew each other, and you don't want to get you don't want to get a something that's going to detract from the culture just because he may be connected to one or two. Yeah, players down the road. I know that I, I've My spoken opinion. about this before, but in many staffs, you almost get the feel that they're all independent contractors. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and I know TJ is very much against that. Very, very, very much against that. Like it, they don't even 
do like it's not like oh this is a blount recruit or this is a green recruit like they all four recruit together sure now and they, like sure somebody's gonna have the initial contact right and all that stuff but that's kind of the way they're going now you you wonder do you do you go i i'm guessing that they triple down and go even harder on the midwest I think you have. I mean, it's worked. I, yeah, I mean, there's zero point in having all these Wisconsin ties and be like, oh, I'm going to hammer the South now. Like, nope. I, I just... It, or the West, really. What, do you need more Milwaukee? Probably not, but, I mean, you hammer Chicago. I, Chicago, Minneapolis. Chicago or Minneapolis. Maybe the main two. Make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the one the one, they, one I threw out was Farouk Manesh from yeah, Colorado, Colorado State. State. I mean, he was... was J.R. Blount there, and then clearly played for Kyle Green. That would be a really good chemistry type of hire. I have no idea if he's in the mix or not, but somebody on our premium board threw that out. I was like, oh, that's a that's a really good idea. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a natural name that would get brought up. Brian Peterson's another name Brian that Peterson, would probably yeah. get brought up. As Brian Peterson won a national championship in JUCO as a head coach. He's now with Hendo at South, South Dakota, Dakota State. State. Smart guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're looking somebody in that mix – and we'll see. We'll see what Iowa State does. I, but it's a. It's. I don't think it'll be like a. I'm not saying his name specifically like a Bobby Lutz type. I think TJ aims for a guy who, uh, he's really anti the. Oh, this guy's just a recruiter, or this guy's just as an ex as a well a well rounded. Yeah, I think that that's the type of guy <clears throat> who he will go for. And not that all those guys are involved with everything. Correct. And and Kyle Green. Probably be considered of the bunch the the older established coach. Although D Rob is was pretty well known everywhere as well. So I don't know. I think it's um yeah. I, I think it'll be Midwest based, but Chicago's an area that has been good to Iowa State. I think will continue to be. So if there's somebody with a connection there, it'd be a natural. All right. Uh, last topic I have for you is the athletic t- this week put out a way too early top twenty five women's poll. For next year. I saw that. It had Iowa at number four and Iowa State at number five. Uh, Regardless of your opinions on the order there. Will the women's game be a bigger game than the men's game next year? Oh, man. Uh, Has there ever been a point in the state of Iowa where where we had two top five programs in any sport other than wrestling? I mean, I don't know. Man. So... You're looking at something that that'd be really unique because I so the Iowa women's program is really good. Went to a couple Final Fours. I, Vivian under, Stringer in like the yeah. early '90s, but Iowa State was garbage then. And then when Iowa State was good and in the top five, a couple of times they got to the top five. Iowa was down a little bit under Angie Lee. So yeah, it's going to be and and not not just the fact that they're good, but they each play a very entertaining brand of basketball and. Iowa was selling out at the end of the year. Iowa State's crowds were really good in the, in, towards the end in the NCAA tournament. I think there's still news coming for the, the women's program. They've got a, a spot or two open that they'll be highly coveted and targeted for a big post going forward. And while they are still in the top five, there there's room for improvement in my mind, C-Dub. If you get a high-level post, which I know there's a couple out there potentially, you go from, you know, and now you're not going to be Connecticut and South Carolina good yet, but you're you're going to be right there. It's going to be exciting, and 
And shout out to Iowa too. They started filling up Carver Hawkeye Arena. Yeah, their the whole team's year. back next year. <clears throat> yeah, it, uh, I also do like. Should they be ranked ahead of Iowa State? Would be another. Question. I don't. I yeah. I mean, Caitlin Clark just gets the the headlines. Yeah, it is what it is. No, the answer is no. But they, here, there, they are because the notoriety. Yeah, and and that's a whole. We could do a whole podcast on <laughs> yeah. on that, like in the in the Ashley Jones thing, but and I I understand why because she's so unique. I do think when Iowa State fills out its roster for next year, they could likely be above Iowa because their moves aren't done. Feels yet. Feels like Bloom knows something. No, I'm saying their moves aren't done yet. Like there will be people added. They Iowa has zero <laughs> spots open. Iowa State they added has, three freshmen. Yeah, Iowa State has multiple spots potentially. So what do you know? I don't know anything. I just I think. I am putting two and two together that they have room available. Maddie Frederick left, right? Yep. Uh, who else left? Danae Fritz is coming Danae back. Fritz is that's coming a, back. That's so a big I, upgrade. Regardless, you have just with the Maddie Frederick departure, and again, she was awesome person, but is going to play someone more comfortable with her level. You have an opening for the one position that could make Iowa State from top five good to top three good, and that's a big post. It's a rim presence. And why wouldn't any of those posts want to come to I Iowa mean, State? I, You're going to get everything. You get, you are literally, you are being given the keys to the car to be a first-team All-Big 12 player just by showing and up. You've just got assist machines all the way around. And shooters you. all around you. Like, you can't double-team a post when you have those shooters Well, they you. have to do the, if they get that piece, <clears throat> will it be as much Ashley Jones backing into the... No, it won't. Throwing it up? No, it will not. Yeah, that that's the key, because you see... When they play the the bigs of these good teams, like they they just run out of it because she she can only do so much. Yep, yep. So I think and so she's that, amazing. If, if she can, can only do so much, if they could get a six five or above, six four or above post, it actually moves Ashley to more of a comfortable spot for her at the next yeah. level, which is be more that you know three two three yeah. rather than the three four that she's been playing. So it could work out for everybody. Keep your eyes open. I'm sure everybody is aware of the need and the desire there. I don't have any names, but I'm just, just putting two and two together. God bless you, Blum. I don't have I don't have any. I'm just. It I, feels like yeah, you're I withholding just, information. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> All right. Um, go get your sports betting beeper. <laughs> it's 100% true. Thanks and for it's listening. A, it's amazing. I did not get invited to prom as a freshman. It's <laughs> worried about. Oklahoma State updates on my beeper. Guys, check out this interview with Dr. Kim from the Iowa Clinic. It's good stuff. Uh, That's coming up next. All right, guys, it is time for this month's Doc Talk segment with our friends from the Iowa Clinic. And a guy who I've had on the program before, and I'm excited to bring him back. He's Dr. Kim from the Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Department at the Iowa Clinic, who has a fun background, uh, used to work at Duke uh, with Duke basketball. Uh, Dr. Kim, I'm I'm sorry. I don't want to bring it up, but... um, yeah, uh, good run to the final four, my friend. That, that's I'm, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to bring up who you lost to or anything like that. 
phenomenal uh, I run. I knew you were going to bring it up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're a sports show here, you know, and uh, uh, but that, that was cool. I mean, you, you can't ever see your team play in the Final Four too much, right? It was, yeah, it was good. It was a good run. It was fun. All right, so spring sports are kicking off here in the Metro, and uh, this month we're, we're kind of talking about shoulder surgeries with you guys from the Bone and Joint Center at the Iowa Clinic. And uh, I, this kind of rings a bell with me, a lot of this stuff. I have a, I've had three shoulder surgeries basically in, in, in my lifetime, so I understand a lot of the stuff that, that we're talking about here. Um, but so the, the, the one thing that I, I think is really interesting for our audience because the shoulder – it's one of those places where you can kind of have chronic pain where it's, I don't know if I say common, but it, it happens. Um, I have a chronic shoulder pain. I think it's, I should actually come and have you take a look. I think it's scar tissue from, from all of my injuries as a kid, but what's the difference between chronic pain and, and acute pain? If somebody out there is having something going on with the shoulder. Sure. You know, like you said, you know, shoulder problems can be acute or chronic um, and acute, Injuries, as you can imagine, happen from a bad accident. So they're not hard to pinpoint and they're not hard to figure out. For example, uh, you know, a, a fall or a car accident and breaking something in there, breaking a bone, um, or even dislocating your shoulder. Um, you know, those are pretty acute injuries. Um, but chronic injuries are pretty common in shoulder uh, uh, pain as well. Um, you know, just these are things that have been nagging or maybe started after a hard workout or after a tough season or something and just hasn't gone away and continues to bother you. And sometimes it just gets worse and worse. Um, you know, starts to bother your game. Uh, perhaps if you're a pitcher, your, your speed's a little bit down, maybe it's starting to wake you up. Um, so, you know, chronic shoulder pain is actually pretty common. Probably the majority of, you know, what I see in the clinic. So when, when somebody out there and let, let's say, um, you know, a guy my age in his in his mid thirties uh, works out as much as he can, uh, but he's got kids. You know, maybe you're carrying around a kid. You have chronic shoulder pain. H- how mm-hmm. often do you, when a guy like that comes in, is that a need like, oh wow, we found something, we need to do surgery versus some physical therapy or a certain type of stretching? How like when? Mm-hmm. How often is surgery necessary for cases like that? You know, in that case, not very common. Um, you know, a lot of the times we figure out, you know, which part of the shoulder is bothering you. And, you know, there's a lot of pain generators in the shoulder, you know, especially in the kind of patient you're describing. It can be the biceps tendon, the rotator cuff, the AC joint. It could just be the ball and socket joint altogether. Um, so a lot of different things that can bother your shoulder. And once we figure that out in, in sort of this chronic setting, a lot of times it can be dealt with uh, through non-surgical means, you know, physical therapy, maybe injections here and there. Um, so it's not very common. Um, having said that, there there are always surgical options that sometimes we have to fall back to. What about um, a teenager, you know, somebody competing in, in high school sports, somebody out there whose who's son or daughter? I mean, if you – again, I don't know how common it is, but I feel like mm-hmm. – a dislocated shoulder is a fairly common injury in contact sports. How often does that need to go, uh, you know, at least at the very least get scoped or something like that? It's a very good question. Um, it, it very much depends on the patient, um, the kind of sports um, they play or what kind of activities um, the person wants to get back into. For example, in a, you know, in a high 
uh, a full contact or let's say a football player who dislocates their shoulder, well, we we know that the risk of re-dislocating is pretty high. You know, even even if we try physical therapy. And so we know in those high-contact athletes that often they will require surgery for uh, shoulder dislocation. So, you know, then we talk about the surgery um, after the first dislocation. The problem is, you know, there are other factors. Um, You know, maybe they're in the middle of the season and they don't want to miss it. Maybe it's their senior year. Um, Maybe they want to wait until the end of the season and try to, you know, finish the last few games. Um, And there are are risks to that as well, you know. and then there's, let's say, somebody like me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not 16 anymore. And if I dislocate my shoulder, I'm probably going to try some physical therapy, and I'll probably be fine. You know, um, so it really depends on the patient and and their their desired activity level. That's good stuff, Dr. Kim, and want to encourage our audience as well. And you can see this. We'll be tweeting this out from the Cyclone Fanatic feeds this week. But there's a really good blog post up at iowaclinic.com that covers a lot of this stuff and uh, we encourage everybody here uh, to think of our friends at the iowa clinic bone and joint center uh, with the um, you know all the spring sports activities going on and whatnot dr kim i appreciate your time as always hopefully it'll be on a um, brighter note next year uh, iowa state meeting with your blue devils in the final four how about that That would be amazing. That would be fun. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time, as always. Yeah, thanks again for having me.